politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Indeed it is, and uh, more mandates coming because Omicron. And my favorite because COVID moment today. Jen Psaki blaming smash and grab robberies on, you guessed it, because COVID. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hope you're having a good day. It's a busy one. More reaction over the arguments yesterday in the case that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, kind of. I mean, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. Good afternoon. All right, where do we begin today? First of all, we want to hear a little bit. You know, I was thinking about this because... The reaction from some of the geniuses in the media to the Supreme Court arguments yesterday. This is uh, Whoopi Goldberg here. I want you to take a listen to this now, and you'll understand exactly why I think that daytime television melts people's brains. I really do. And it's part of the reason why maybe we have a nation that is just not... What a rush used to say, low information voters. I mean, probably because of stuff like this. Survive the stench that this creates in the public perception that the Constitution and its reading are just political acts. Viability, it seems to me, doesn't have anything to do with choice. Um, but if it really is an issue about choice, why is 15 weeks not enough time? So it it seems to me, seen in that light, both Roe and Casey emphasize the burdens of parenting. Why don't the safe haven laws take care of that problem? It seems to me that it focuses the burden much more narrowly. The fetus has an interest in having a life, and that doesn't change, does it, from the point before viability to the point after viability? Do any of you men have any eggs or the possibility of carrying a fetus? How dare you talk about what a fetus wants? You have no idea. Now, I'm I'm fine if you disagree with abortion. I have no problem with that. My problem comes when you tell me what I need to do with my doctor and my family. How dare you? How dare you? Okay, now do vaccines, Whoopi. Now do vaccines. All right, come on, I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. Uh, obviously, the concept of what the 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 people in the uh, clips were talking about, the conservative justices, including the man, Amy Coney Barrett, what uh, what those dudes were talking about clearly has to do with how the law defines this concept of viability, because that's the question before the court. The court's question is not how dare anybody tell Whoopi Goldberg what to do with her body. No one's telling Whoopi what to do with her body. No one. Believe me. Nobody's telling her what to do. The case is not about what to do with Whoopi's body or any uh, anyone else's body. The case is about where does the demarcation line of viability begin? That That's what it comes down to. And if we throw that out the window because we're saying, don't you tell me anything about my own body, then I got to ask the question, then does viability ever kick in? I mean, what about when somebody's born? You have viability then? I don't, I'm, I'm just asking the question because it is a legitimate legal scientific philosophical, religious, moral question of when viability begins, which is literally what this case is about. It's not about what Whoopi's body. But but it is interesting, though, right? How dare anyone tell me what to do with my body? I guarantee you she's all in on the will, on the vaccine mandate right let's tell see. me Here we go. problem with that my problem comes when you tell me 
what I need to do with my doctor and my family. How dare you? How dare you? Now do vaccines. I'll wait. I'll wait. Fine, 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 fine. Here's Snarks uh, today shooting down a News Africa reporter because he wanted to understand why Biden, the racist, is shutting out travel from eight African countries, even though Omicron is here. And so far, two very mild cases in the United States of America. And Biden even shutting down travel from countries in Africa that have zero cases of Omicron, unlike the United States of America, which have two. But here's, uh, here's Jen Psaki, Snarks, shutting down this reporter. Go ahead. Travel restriction. You keep go pushing this narrative. Uh, go ahead. Okay, let, me, let, her, let her finish. 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 Sir, sir, she was asking questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. We will have to wrap this up in a minute, but Patsy, go ahead. Patsy, Patsy, go ahead. Go ahead. Following up, following up, let, let Patsy. I just answered. Simon, I answered a question on this. Let Patsy. Let Patsy. Simon, Simon, I answered a question on this. Let's let's let Patsy ask a question. It's not effective to scream over your colleagues in here. Let's let's let Patsy ask a question. Question on sending sending vaccine doses abroad. Thanks, everyone. What he said was, Dr. Fauci, with all due respect. There's zero cases of COVID of Omicron in Zambia, in Namibia. Well, let me play the, 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 uh, the question of him asking Fauci this. This is, this is or any of the people that I deal with that if you test positive, you should be prudent and quarantine yourself. Christian. Dr. Fauci. Christian. Dr. Fauci, with all due respect, there's zero case of COVID, uh, of Omicron case in Zimbabwe, in Namibia, in Lesotho, in in Mozambique, what justify what justify imposing a travel ban on countries that have zero case of the Omicron uh, uh, variant? You know, that's a very good question, an important question, and, and we did struggle with that, but we wanted to see if we could bide time temporarily. So I do hope that this gets sorted out and lifted before it has any significant impact on your country. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it, it's why is the world not asking the question, why does Joe Biden hate Africa so much? Why does he hate these African nations so much? Can we ask the question as a world, please? Yes or no, does Joe Biden think these are asshole countries? Does Joe Biden think these are asshole countries? Yes or no? Yes or no? Come on. Come on. Ah, here we go. Kathy Griffin, who was canned by CNN, calls out her network for keeping Jeffrey Tubin, despite Tubin it. You know what? She may have a point here. She may have a point. She was on The View today. Uh, she said, um, why are we not discussing the whole thing with Jeffrey Tubin talking about, you know, on the call and doing the, you know, doing the thing and CNN took him back. That's kind of a good point. But then again, I think CNN is just a little desperate. That's me personally. I, I think, you know, I mean, come on. It's not exactly like they've got a lot of abilities to say no to people. 
the top talent. They don't have any top talent. So that's kind of the issue there, right? All right. So uh, Biden came out today and he, and he, but more restrictions, more mandates, more everything, because that's, of course, the only thing this guy knows to do is restrictions and mandates. Now, the question, of course, of, of why, when we have uh, mild cases here, and so far this, this Omicron variant, Omicron, uh, is, is, is not a thing that anybody in the world is even worried about at this point in terms of hospitals being overwhelmed, people dying. It's all about what we don't know, right? We maybe we, but we don't know. So we'll see what could happen. We'll see what could happen. So I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, maybe the world overreacted because the United States overreacted and the world did what we often do, which is overreact. So if we overreact, they overreact. And Biden wanted everybody to overreact because this is his wag the dog moment where he wants everybody to be distracted by just how crappy this economy is. So here's Biden slurring a little bit over his words today. I guess they might have given Pops a little extra meds, I guess. Since this summer, we've worked with Republican and Democratic governors, as many Republican governors as Democratic governors, to deploy what we call surge response teams. These teams work. They provide needed staff for staff overruns, uh, 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 badly needed staff, where overrun hospitals are handling more patients than they can can handle. For their emergency rooms and intensive care units who don't have the personnel available. They help provide life-saving treatments to communities in need, like monoclonal uh, uh, antibody treatments. We have over 20 teams deployed now. Today, I'm announcing that we're going to triple that, more than double. We're going to get to 60 teams ready to deploy in states experience a surge in cases over the course of this winter. I was just with a governor in Minnesota who was raving about the positive impact it's had on his state. But there's other states the same, in the same circumstance. Additionally, we're increasing the availability of new medications recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy theorists, okay? Conspiracy theorists. For example, monoclonal antibody treatments have been shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization by up to 70% and uh, for unvaccinated people at risk of developing severe disease. We've already distributed over three million... Do you remember, I mean, I'm old enough to remember, when monoclonal antibodies were only prescribed by conspiracy theorist doctors. Do you remember that? Only prescribed by conspiracy theory doctors because for, for a time, it was only conspiracy theorists who thought monoclonal antibodies would work. you remember that whole thing? Like Governor Ron DeSantis, for example, who was out there advocating for them for months and you remember the media came after him and said, oh, it's only because you have a donor. You, you, have, a, you have a donor who, 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 who uh, invests in monoclonal antibodies or something like that. You remember that whole thing, that scandal, that fake news thing they did against DeSantis? And now this government is not only boosting monoclonal antibodies, which is a good thing, but they don't give any credit to guys like Governor Ron DeSantis for pushing monoclonal antibodies. And they go, well, uh, conspiracy theory doctors, uh, uh, we're just going to go uh, monoclonal antibodies. But this is the problem. Because it's whatever Big Pharma says, then that's not a conspiracy theory. But if Big Pharma doesn't say it, well, then it might be a conspiracy theory. That's how that's how it's viewed. Basically, it's how it's viewed to the lens. Minute big pharma can make money off it. Suddenly, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Suddenly, now our government will spend money buying it and giving it out there, like monoclonal antibodies, for example. Now, speaking of slurring words today, the vampiric one had explained something about China, and I, 
Maybe we need a little trip to the blood bank here. I'm not quite sure, but. So we have a bill in the House. It's the McGovern bill. It's a stronger bill uh, than the, uh, the it is, it's a bill that we could have freestanding or a bill that is in the Eagle Act that is part of the, um, the, um, Mr. Foreign Affairs Committee, Mr. Kendrick Meeks. No. <laughs> Gregory Meeks. Bill. Kendrick. We're all. What? what? What are you saying? What is this babble coming out of the Speaker of the House of Representatives today? Can somebody explain that? Huh? We got a bill and a, and a bill. I mean, she's she's she can't run again. Right. I had Sean Spicer on the show today. There's no way Pelosi. Can, it's over. Isn't it over? I mean, it's got to be over. Come on. Right. Here's my uh, here's my favorite because COVID moment of the entire day today. Uh, you know, I love uh, what we call because COVID. Right. That, that's when we blame everything, even stupid things on because COVID. It's what we do. And, and we do this all the time because, well, I mean, I guess basically the, the best way I can put it to you is we do this all the time because we, we love the idea now of coming up with dumb excuses for things. So if a, if a place can't open the back door and the front door, they go, it's because COVID, we want to have people be able to walk in through the through the back and then we don't want them to come through the front because they might spread COVID and you just go, you just don't open the back door, right? Yeah, I guess. Or it's, you know, well, because COVID... You know, we, we don't want to have a situation where, you know, you, we, people touch the coffee and then they, they, they spread COVID. And you go, you just don't want to pay for free coffee for people, right? So is that really what it is? You go, yeah, I guess so. It's pretty, yeah, pretty all right. You got me. You got me. So that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's funny to me uh, in the sense that we are always trying to blame things on, on COVID-19. You know, it, I think it's one of the funniest things of this entire pandemic is coming up with the best because COVID moment. And we all have our we all have our favorite parts of because COVID moments. And some of those because COVID moments, too, have been, oh, you know, uh, like, well, I think they're still using the excuse now. If you can't have alcohol on an airline flight because of COVID, I think because COVID, I, I think that's really what it is too. one of those things. So then here is uh, Jen Snarks, Jen Saki, explaining the whole issue of uh, why all this crime is happening in America today, in America today. So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean, you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Go ahead. So now people are smashing and grabbing and looting because COVID, got it? Smashing and grabbing and looting caused COVID. Is there anything that caused COVID can't do? I mean, honestly, is there anything COVID can't do? Why does Biden hate Africa too? Can we ask that question? Why does Biden hate Africa so much and African countries? Is it because he's a racist? Can we, I mean, Kamala Harris always said he was. She accused him of being it. Remember the busing issue? So I just have to ask the question. I'm sorry, I just... You know, that's all. I'm just, I, it's, I feel like it's a question worth asking. Uh, one other thing that may be coming our way in America now, uh, domestic travel restrictions. Yeah, domestic travel restrictions. Because Saki's not ruling anything out. Domestic travel COVID mandates, I, I, which I, to me, it sounds terrifying, by the way. Absolutely terrifying that we could actually have that. And it sounds dystopian and draconian, but they're not ruling it out at the White House. Why would they? Why not go further in the direction of... of- 
you know, public health and mandates, given the potential risk and the fact that we're headed into winter? Sure. Well, one, I would say that um, nothing is off the table. Um, so, and, uh, including domestic travel. Nothing is off the table. You know what I want to hear that's off the table? Uh, domestic travel. That's what I want to hear. Domestic travel is off the table. Can, can we please, can we please hear that? Uh-huh. Uh, I would like to hear that. But of course, they're not going to say that because they love to hold on to power. And there's nothing these people love more than having the ability to potentially have more power over us. And this is a great thing for them to do with the upcoming holiday season to be able to try to. And then they can blame the crappy economy on that because they got to have another reason to blame the crappy economy. By the way, that was now a third Omicron case. Oh, batten down the hatches. That's three. Here we go. So let me push you a little bit, though. Why the hesitancy to require proof of vaccination for domestic travel? That's something that especially with the rise of this new variant, we've talked to a number of public health experts, including some who advise the administration, uh, who say that is, in their estimation, the very next step that should be taken uh, to try to prevent further spread. Well, we do, as I talked about, have those tight requirements on the international travel. We have the workplace requirements. Jonathan will continue to look at all options and everything's on the table. Okay, all options and everything's on the table. Got it? All options and everything's on the table. That's uh, Jonathan uh, Chief. That's the uh, COVID czar. COVID czar. We have names like this now, COVID czar. Jeff Zietz. Everything's on the table. Everything is on the table. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? That much they love this, this absolute power that they all have on everything and on us at all times. That's really what this is all about, isn't it? But you know what, what else, too? I, I, I really admire Governor Ron DeSantis a lot, and I, I hope that one day he does, in fact, run for president. I think he'd be a great candidate. Obviously, if President Trump doesn't run because he and President Trump are close and if former president wants to run, DeSantis, I don't I don't see him running. What he said today was he said in Florida, we have the lowest covid rate in the country for cases. But then if you look just infections in the covidism project, which is a Yale, Harvard, Stanford, they don't just look at cases. They look at all because most infections aren't documented with case counts. They have Florida right now as one infection for every 100,000, the lowest in the country. Lowest in the country. Here's also what Governor Ron DeSantis said today. He said, we should not be imposing any type of mandates on the American people, especially when you don't do that for the people that are coming into the country illegally. Damn right. Well said. Well said. Because again, you can just walk right in. You, you, can, you can get tested at the airport, which is a big pain in the neck, or just come on in. Come on in and say hello to the United States of America. That's really what it is. Now, remember, we're being told by people like Whoopi Goldberg, don't you dare come between me and my doctor and tell me what to do with my body. As the government is literally telling you what to do with your body by forcing you to get a vaccine. Now, this is, again, because of the absolute hypocrisy of these people, which, by the way, Justice Amy Coney Barrett addressed yesterday when she said, we're talking about bodily autonomy, which is interesting when I keep hearing about vaccine mandates. If we if we if we have a conversation about that, of course, we wouldn't have a conversation about that because that blows the notion out of the water of my body, my choice, my body, my choice, which is what they keep saying. Right. They keep saying my body, my choice, except when it comes to things like vaccines, in which case, then you will be killing somebody if you don't have a vaccine. Of course, I told you yesterday that that's kind of the idea behind abortion, which is killing a person. 
but they don't want to acknowledge it's a person, which is where the line of viability comes in, which is literally at issue in this case. Somebody said to me today, they said, I think I'm worried about Kavanaugh in this case. I'm not actually based on a question he asked yesterday when he said, you know, aren't there some instances where precedent, the case was just so badly decided that you can just overturn it. You can just overturn the case because it was just really bad precedent. And that's when he was talking about this idea, this notion, again, of Dred Scott, Plessy v. Ferguson, Korematsu, all these horrible decisions. I mean, right there in those two decisions, the Supreme Court at one time decided that a a slave must be returned to his master, that separate but equal was constitutional, and that uh, American citizens of Japanese descent could be, without due process, forcibly taken from their homes and put into concentration camps. Those are three examples right there of horrible Supreme Court decisions, horrific decisions, that if if the argument of the left were to stand, they could only be overturned if new evidence came to light to change the original precedent versus everybody just admitting those are horrible decisions. Just admit they're horrible decisions. Except if you're Joy Reid. If you're Joy Reid then, again, an advocate of vaccine mandates, if you're Joy Reid now, the idea now of a conservative Supreme Court, who I'm sure they're racist in her mind too, because she's the biggest racist on television. So they're sexist and racist, of course, and everything like this. And they don't like women to have control of their bodies. Shortly. But we have to begin the readout with what was a watershed day, with the Supreme Court inching closer to overturning nearly 50 years of law. Now, if you happen to be one of the 166 million women living in America, it appears that the conservative majority on the Supreme Court is willing to reduce you to a secondary constitutional citizen by decreeing that control over your very person, your physical body, belongs not to you, but to your state. This morning, the court heard arguments in which they were asked to allow Mississippi to uphold a ban on abortions after 15 weeks. The state also asked justices to overturn two major reproductive rights rulings, Roe versus Wade and the court's 1992 decision in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which said that states could not impose an undue burden on the right to abortion before fetal viability. Listening to the oral arguments, it became clear that all six conservative justices were either openly or implicitly interested in entertaining Mississippi's request. If you were to prevail, um, the states, uh, majority of states or states still. I guess the question I would have for you is if the idea that what the court is doing is some somehow or another taking away the right of women to have autonomy. What do we say about women who have the autonomy to, for example, of course, uh, don't worry about your body belonging to the state, for example, if there's a vaccine mandate, because that doesn't seem to matter. Like in the state of New Jersey, for example, where today the Democrats tried to keep out the Republican members of the state legislature. What they did was they had the New Jersey state troopers standing there and they would not let the members of the legislature go through. Now, my friend Eric Peterson, who's a member of the state assembly, um, he said this is tyranny today. And I'm glad he spoke up. Can you get in? No. 
This is him telling them we have a right to be here. You have no authority over us. And how dare you? He said, this is tyranny, folks. Uh, they're not letting the minority party vote. They're not letting the minority party into the assembly. My friend Hal Worsen, a assemblyman from Jersey, said liberty is dying right here on the floor, he said, arguing that this is the latest example of Democratic legislative leaders and his Royal Highness King Philip the Unaccountable being too restrictive during a pandemic that has killed more than 28,400 people. So good for them for standing up to this nonsense because it's outrageous what happened here. It is outrageous. Murphy, of course, said that the Republicans' anger is ridiculous and said uh, they can take a COVID test right on the spot. But as the Republican legislators pointed out, you can't keep any of them out. They're duly elected legislators. You can't keep them out of the assembly chamber. That's that's ridiculous. It's it's it's. But this is what I mean. This is how the left has gotten. They've gone so insane now that they're willing to keep out elected members of the New Jersey State Assembly because they will not comply with what they want. And 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 then they turn around at the same time and say bodily autonomy, bodily autonomy when they scream about abortion. You see how hypocritical these people are. It's it's I mean, it's really it's it's just completely sickening, if you ask me. Let's cut through the B.S. This is the Rich Zioli podcast. Now, the left hates Kirsten Cinema, as you know, and Kirsten Cinema and, and Joe Manchin might be the only two people right now who can stop this nonsense, this madness that is, in fact, this this ridiculous build back Bolshevik plan. And they hate Kirsten Cinema, and they've tracked her down in the bathroom, they've tracked her down in the car, they've tracked her down everywhere. And here is Kirsten Cinema explaining why she's doing what she's doing because she's got people to represent in her state. You've been criticized from progressives who say you're standing in the way of what we've been campaigning on for years, whether that's repealing the 2017 tax cuts, whether that is changing voting rights laws. What do you say to progressives back home who are disappointed in the job that you're doing here? Well, I'm serving in the exact way that I've campaigned on over the last near decade that I've served in Washington, D.C. And when I ran for the United States Senate in 2018, I told the folks of Arizona what I would do, that I would come to the Senate, try to find bipartisan solutions, be an independent voice for Arizona, and always put everyday people in Arizona first. I would say that's exactly what I'm doing. One of that's her job, right? Isn't that, that her job? And talking with your colleagues is that you're pretty forthcoming about where that's you- her job. It's what she wants to do. She wants to be able to serve her constituents for that. The left hates her. And for so many other reasons, by the way, the left hates everything and they want complete control over things, including they want to get rid of right now. They want to get rid of the filibuster and they want to get rid of Pearson Cinnamon. They want They want to get rid of Joe Manchin. I mean, these two might be the last two sensible, sane Democrats left. This party is gone. It's gone. And I've told you before, you know, these are Marxists. And I say the word Marxist not as a pejorative, although it's a philosophy that I vehemently disagree with. There are Marxists because these are people who subscribe to the political philosophy of Marxism. They want to completely make government a dependency state. They believe, like Jen Psaki says, because COVID is why people smash and grab. They believe it's the white supremacist capitalist hierarchical structure, which is why people then turn to crime. Kirsten Sinema is not a Marxist, and for that they hate her and they want to get rid of her. Schumer has said he wants to vote on Build Back Better, that broader social safety net bill, 
before Christmas break. Are you prepared to vote yes when that comes to the floor? Well, I don't set the schedule for the Senate floor, and I'm always prepared to vote and to vote for what's right for the interests of Arizona. I personally believe that um, the best way to create legislation is to be thoughtful and careful so that we're crafting legislation that truly represents the interests that we want to achieve and that creates a benefit and helps people all across Arizona and the country. So that's what I'm working on right now. So it doesn't sound like you're quite a yes yet on the version that just passed the House of Representatives. What changes do you want to make? Well, folks, no, I don't negotiate in the press. So I'm not going to do that with you. I know one of the things that you made clear very early in the negotiation with the president and your majority leader was that you were not going to support raising the corporate tax rate up single point. Did you feel like at any point they weren't taking your comments seriously, given the fact that they were promising for a long time that this was going to be part of the bill? You know, I don't really spend much time thinking about what other people are saying publicly. What I really want to focus on is how to get to a solution and solve a problem that matters to everyday folks in Arizona. And po people back home in Arizona know that I am committed to ensuring that any legislation we pass retains America's competitiveness. So I won't support any legislation that increases burdens on Arizona or American businesses and reduces our ability to compete either domestically or globally. And so I want to make sure that if we are crafting legislation, we're doing it in a lean and efficient way that's fiscally responsible and doesn't impact things like inflation or make our businesses less competitive. So Okay, so I want to contrast that if I could with you. You've been criticized from progressives but, I mean, who say... You're standing in the turn that up. Progressives are, of course, criticizing her. No doubt about that. Let's contrast that with one of the craziest members of the House of Representatives, Sheila Jackson Lee. OK, Sheila Jackson Lee came out today and accused the filibuster of being racist and said that Republicans now who also want to or anyone, by the way, anyone who's pro-life is also, in fact, racist and sexist and everything like that. OK, this is this is this is what's happening and said all this. In a way that, of course, shows the absolute vile hatred that these people have for everybody. And they do. They have vile hatred for anyone who doesn't believe exactly what they believe. This is how they, this is how they view things. And it's, 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 it's complete and utter anger. It's, 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 it's outrageous. It's disgusting. And yet you have to understand that this is how they view about things. This is how they view things. That if you don't subscribe to what they think, you're a racist. You are a, a white supremacist. You're all these other things. And for and for somebody like Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas, who is a lunatic, she's actually more representative of the Democrat Party today than Kirsten Sinema is. She is more representative today of the Democrat Party than Kirsten Sinema is. And you might ask yourself, well, doesn't that seem a little extreme? No, it doesn't. To argue that that you have to get rid of the filibuster because it's racist when in this case, the filibuster might be what stops this Build Back Better thing, and it might be her own people using it. And it might be a woman named Kirsten Cinema from using it. You, you, you realize how insane these people are. You realize how insane they are. And the terrible arguments that were made yesterday in the United States Supreme Court case, <coughs> excuse me, when you heard the members of the left turning around and suggesting now members of the left on the court suggesting, turning around saying at the same time now that if they go along with Mississippi's law, they'll be unpopular and the court may not survive. The court may not survive, which you realize now the entire point of the Supreme Court is to do not what's popular, 
The Supreme Court needs to do what is right based on the Constitution of the United States of America. That's what the Supreme Court is supposed to do. But now they're worried about a popularity contest. And this is the problem. So here's racist nut job, nut job Sheila Jackson Lee. ...abortions in the state for, for a number of months now. Now you have the Supreme Court hearing a broader case where they may very well overturn Roe v. Wade. You have seen the future. I mean, you're seeing the potential future now in Texas as this law plays out. Tell us what you're seeing. Tell us what constituents are telling you about what this means to them, uh, and to their health, uh, and to personal decisions they have to make. Well, Jim, I was out protesting before the Supreme Court yesterday. I, I was just an American citizen saying uh, we trust women uh, and the Supreme Court should do the right thing. Isn't it interesting that Texas now is one of the uh, ugly pictures of hurting women when Roe v. Wade actually started 50 years ago uh, in uh, Texas? Uh, it's a very sad scene. Uh, there are women who have means fleeing to Oklahoma. Uh, clinics are not functioning. Uh, and poor women are in a devastating condition. Uh, they have no health care. They have no one to go to under these circumstances. And a 13-year-old uh, who uh, was the victim of incest has no place to go. Yeah. Uh, a young woman, the victim of rape, has no place to go. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it is at a crisis level. Do you hear all those lies, by the way, that, that they have nowhere to go? But this is, again, it's ratcheting up the fear factor and it's ratcheting up a division and it's just pure lies. And CNN's not going to call her on it. The CNN morning show host is not going to call her on it lunatic that she is. And I think the most uh, devastating statement of insensitivity uh, was our, our new justice uh, who said, uh, well, no problem. Just leave your baby at the doorsteps. Uh, it's a crisis in Texas. It's a sad crisis. Uh, and I, I hope you know that I have introduced with Senator Klobuchar uh, legislation to make criminal uh, the bounty hunters that is uh, really vested in slavery of over 100 years ago. See, slavery, there you go. Slavery, bounty hunters and slavery. This is what I mean. The, the, the Democrat Party today is not Kirsten Cinema. The Democrat Party today is Sheila Jackson Lee. What a lunatic. To be able to stalk uh, a person, stalk a doctor, stalk a provider, and get $10,000. We want to make that a criminal act, but it is a sad state of affairs, uh, and okay. we are trying to hold up uh, those women who are in need. What would Demo if Roe v. Wade is overturned? And Roe v. Wade won't be overturned. Their arguments, in effect, say say leave it to Congress. Leave okay, let, let's understand something. Roe v. Wade will not be overturned. It, Casey might be overturned, but not Roe v. Wade. But that's beside the point. Uh, if the Mississippi law is allowed, then what the court is doing is uh, they're they're opening up a narrow exception for states to be able to regulate abortion. So in that sense, yeah, Roe v. Wade will go away because abortion as a federally protected right up to twenty weeks is gone. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be illegal in states, unfortunately, for many people who are pro-life. But that's just the reality. But they know this. But this is about raising money and this is about scaring people. And this is where we're going to they're going to use this opportunity now to try to get more control over Congress and, and the country, more control over you and your lives every single day. So this is where we get into now the filibuster and the filibuster being racist and sexist and everything else. State legislatures 
What would Democrats in Congress do? Would, would, would you attempt to, to move legislation to protect a woman's right to choose? What, what, Jim, what would the response be? Absolutely. We in the House have done our job. We have codified Roe v. Wade. Uh, it is clearly now in the Senate, and here's what we need to do. Uh, the Senate uh, filibuster rule needs to be uh, stamped, stood down. See? Uh, it needs to be rolled off. Uh, we obviously have other issues, voting rights, uh, that need to be passed. I say H.R. 40, which is the Commission to Study Slavery. But really, See? it needs to be rolled off, frankly, uh, and we need to pass Roe v. Wade in the Senate, and the President will sign it. You cannot allow the Constitution to be violated. This is a Ninth Amendment right. It's a right to privacy. It's a right to due process under the 14th and 5th Amendment. And what is happening in the Supreme Court is a is a crapshoot, if you will. It means we're okay. Now, first of all, there, there's no Ninth Amendment right to an abortion in the Constitution. There's no any 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 right to an abortion in the Constitution. There's also no right to privacy in the Constitution. That's something beside the point. Fourteenth um, Amendment. Fourteenth Amendment here. Okay. Now, here's my question too: If tomorrow the government decides to do a vaccine mandate for uh, for domestic travel, will Sheila Jackson Lee say the same thing? Well, she said the same thing about the 14th Amendment and equal protection under the law and due process and everything else. Because you're going to ban Americans the right to travel, the free right to travel that they have, based on their bodily autonomy, which you want to violate. So I'm just wondering if your same argument would hold there. Because I don't think it would. And that's really been the point of this of this podcast today, is showing you the hypocrisy between the left, who wants to make this bodily autonomy argument, at, at the very same time that they push vaccines. And vaccine mandates. I don't mean push vaccines because, look, I'm vaccinated. I'm not, this is not an anti-vaccine thing. It's, it's vaccine mandates. I mean, push them under the, the mandate. Throwing the dice. We have a 6-3 court. Uh, we see some possibilities. But you know what? I wonder if Justice Kavanaugh is going to adhere to what he said under oath, that he viewed Roe v. Wade as precedent. If he did, then that means the Supreme Court will do the right thing. But if they don't, the filibuster needs to go, and we need to codify Roe v. Wade in the Senate and get it to the president's desk. We well, have we to played, save lives. We played Kavanaugh's comments uh, from his confirmation hearing in the last hour. Uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. So what Kavanaugh said in his confirmation hearing is Roe v. Wade is is precedent and like any other like any other precedent you have to respect it you have to take take it into account but he never said that precedents can't be overturned he never said that he says it's an important precedent and his comment during the the supreme court hearing yesterday in dobbs was well but aren't there some i mean just because it's precedent doesn't mean it can't be overturned i mean dred scott is precedent ask sheila jackson lee if she thinks dred scott was a good decision it's precedent Plessy. Is Plessy good? Is that, I mean, it's precedent. So the idea that that a, a free, she brings up slavery, the idea that the Supreme Court once said uh, that, that a slave has to be returned to his to his master, his owner, that is that was precedent. Joy, I'm sorry, excuse me, Sheila Jackson Lee, that was precedent. So, I mean, do you think that that should be respected by the virtue of the fact that it's precedent? Just yes or no, that's the question, yes or no. This is the hypocrisy of them. They scream slavery, which literally the Supreme Court upheld slavery. Literally, the Supreme Court of the United States upheld discrimination, separate but equal. And then they scream, you can't overturn Roe because it's precedent. They scream bodily autonomy when they literally sit there and say, we're not going to let Americans get on an airplane unless they're vaccinated. And, and, and then they turn around and they don't let the Republican members of the state legislature get into the, the floor of the assembly today, surrounded by state police to try to intimidate them. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing to me. When you think about it, 
the the um, the extent to which these people will go to have unlimited power over all of us it really is in fact amazing but <clears throat> i got to do something i'd be remiss if i didn't do it today and this is going to be i guess remember like the old your moment of zen kind of thing that they used to do i got i missed that i miss i miss john stewart cuz the other guy's not funny the other guy's just not funny you know what's his name trevor noah just i don't know it doesn't do it for me but anyway but i always thought as much as i didn't really agree with him on anything I, I really did think that John Stewart was was five greater than some things, I guess, when it came to civil liberties and the fact that Obama drone striked everybody. Oh, here's another one, too. This is MSNBC's doctor. We should ban unvaccinated Americans from flying. Yep, there you go with your bodily autonomy again, right? Taking away people's rights because they won't let the government tell them what to do. Hey, whoopee, whoopee, these are people coming between your body and your doctor. Unfortunately, uh, you know, those who were wishing, myself included, for... You know, a soon ending to this uh, catastrophic pandemic, I'm afraid we're just going to have to be waiting a while. I don't see where this is going to uh, go away in the next two to three years. We're going to have to just prepare ourselves for the long haul. And there's more stuff that could be done. You know, I was impressed with what the president announced today. And I'm impressed with how the president speaks to the American people. We needed that honesty and transparency. But what the president cannot totally control Control is, of course, the biology, the behavior of a very wily and dangerous virus. But there's a couple of more tools in our uh, quiver here, which include, for example, and which is something I've been advocating for, which is I don't think anyone should be allowed on an airplane, domestic or international or a train, without being able to prove they've been vaccinated. To me, that's really the only way, in addition to testing, that we're going to get better control over the situation we currently have, Nicole. Um, Dr. Redliner, can I ask a stupid question? I'll ask um, a stupid question, Nicole Wiles. Did you ever believe in anything that you ever believed when you were a Republican? Just out of curiosity. Did you ever believe in any of those things? Because I know, I mean, we all know that you, you are all in on serving your masters at MSNBC. I, I get it. I get it. But did you ever believe anything when you supported Republican candidates? Ever. A ever. At, at, at any point. I don't know. That's what just, I want to know that. I'm just curious if you ever. It's the McGovern bill. It's a stronger bill uh, than the, uh, the, it is, it's a bill that we could have freestanding or a what? bill that is in the Eagle Act that is part of the, um, the, um, Mr. Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, Mr. Kendrick uh, Meeks. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Gregory Meeks, Bill, Kendrick, we, we're all, uh, we're all very sad about losing Carrie Meek this, this week, so uh, I referenced her son. But the chairman. What? Uh, Meeks' bill in the, um, in the House. So we will have that. But you see, in a, def a defense, in a bill, whether it's in the week, whatever that thing's called that they have in the Senate or in a DOD bill, the Senate does not have the right to have a revenue or an appropriations matter. Isn't the, isn't the vampiric one the best, though? I mean, isn't she the best sometimes that rambling and just, you know, the what happens is the, the, what, the, the teeth, you know what I mean? The teeth comes through and the, you know what I mean? Like, mom. Uh, before I wrap this up, I got to let you know that the the point today of uh, there's so there's a lot going on today, obviously, but I would be remiss if I did not share with you the supercut of the best moments. Obviously, I love you as a brother. Hang obviously, on. I'll sorry, never... jumped in here a little too bit. The Lesser Cuomo and the Love Gov together. Okay, the Lesser Cuomo and the Love Gov together. 
Here, here we go. Their best moments of journalism together through the, through the years, which are now, of course, coming to an end. Obviously, I love you as a brother. Obviously, I'll never be objective. Obviously, I think you're the best politician in the country. You've always been good at manipulation. You've always been the meatball of the family. I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the love gov, and I'm wondering if that's bleeding into your demeanor at all, making you a little soft on the president. I called mom just before I came on this show. By the way, she said I was her favorite. She never said that. Good news is she said you were her second favorite. I know you like to run around with your ill-fitting jacket. Your appearance uh, suggests you had didn't have the best day when your buttons are undone. Your buttons are undone. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is now under federal investigation over all of his sexual harassment stuff. Federal investigation, which is good. And he's also, I mean, he should be under federal investigation for the nursing home deaths, even more than anything. But at least he's under federal investigation for the, for that. You know, I guess, I guess it was one of the situations where we'll take what we can get in some respects. But, I mean, he's not done yet. Don't think he's done. He's not done. You know that and I know that. He's not finished. This guy will come back because they always come back. Have you seen today the little thing on the <laughs> the Governor Mario and Cuomo Bridge and somebody took it today and said, they, they crossed it out. They said, it's the, um, it's the dad of two a-holes bridge. That's pretty good. I like that. That was pretty good, I thought. So anyway, but I hope if nothing else today, you learned that really what this all comes down to, of course, is in fact bodily autonomy versus hypocrisy on bodily autonomy. All right, that's been the big takeaway from today. But before I let you go today, I want to remind you of a very, very important point of Joe Biden thanking everybody today, of course, you know, for listening to him because that's really what it is about, right? Thank you for listening to him as he tells stories that never happened, make stuff up. Let me close again by saying God bless our doctors, our scientists, and all of you here at NIH for what you're doing for the country and quite frankly for the world. You're the best, you're the very, very best. And God bless you all. Thank you for your patience and listening. Thank you. Thank you for your patience and listening to me today. Thank you. And thank you for your patience and listening to the podcast today. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day today. Hope I've done my job in exposing for you the absolute hypocrisy that we have seen today. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Take care.